This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. It's interesting that we started with singing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, because I often hear from people saying, well, I will let it shine, but so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that, and if this wasn't happening in the world, it would be so much easier to let my light shine. And we do a lot of blaming other people for our state of mind. And I think it's truly our responsibility uh, to not let other people's behavior, opinions, beliefs change who we are. My teacher gave me a tool with which to go through life and not allow external circumstances disturb my inner peace. And I've never shared it with anyone, but there's a third book coming out next year, and I decided that, that, that not sharing it with anyone has been really selfish of me. So I'm gonna share what he told me with you. It's a very silly visual, but work with me and I promise it will make sense at the end. So in India, they have these bazaars. They are, the closest thing we can relate it to is like an outdoor farmer's market. So not a store, not a mall, but an outdoor farmer's market. Imagine India, so red dirt, blue sky. And India, so lots of people. And booths and vendors, and they're selling anything and everything from fruits and vegetables to fish to saris, colorful fabric blowing in the wind, spices, you name it. It's just loud and colorful and wonderful. And every once in a while, they had these parades that go through the market. And this being India, they had elephants in the parades, and the elephants are covered in beautiful fabric and bells and the problem was, when the elephants walked through the market, every time the elephant saw bananas or mangoes or peas, they would just reach for it with their trunks and shove it in their mouth. And what was supposed to be a celebration ended up complete chaos. They're breaking things, they're knocking people over, they're eating inventory that they can't, you know, the vendors can't afford to do without. And the, they tried to figure out how can we have the market and the parade and the elephants, but none of the chaos. And they realized that if you give the elephant a stick of bamboo to bite down and chew on at the beginning of the parade, the elephant will walk through the entire market and he's not gonna reach for anything to put in his mouth because he can't. He already has that stick of bamboo in his mouth. So he just walks gracefully through the market, doesn't matter what people are selling, what they're, he's good. If at any point, the person walking next to the elephant sees that the elephant is reaching for something. He doesn't demonize the elephant for being an elephant, nor does he demonize the fruit sales, you know, the vendor for selling fragrant mangoes. He just goes, oh, he must have dropped his bamboo stick. So he picks up the stick, gives it back to the elephant, and they continue walking through the market. Told you it's a silly visual, but it works. And that's how my teacher taught me what a mantra is. 
Most people think of the word mantra, they think of a chant in some foreign exotic language that they repeat to themselves on the meditation cushion, going, Om Mane Padme Hom, or Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, or something in some exotic language, just while they're meditating and hitting the bells and burning the incense. And my teacher said, yeah, but no. <laughs> he said, a mantra is something that you keep with you throughout the day, kind of like that bamboo stick in your mouth, so you can walk gracefully through the market, gracefully through life, regardless of what other people are doing. It doesn't matter what the vendors are doing or in this modern day, what people are saying online. You, as long as you've got your bamboo stick, your mantra, you can walk gracefully through life. And the moment you do react to something that someone says or something you see online, you don't demonize the other person or yourself for having long-standing behavior patterns. You just realize, oh, I must have dropped my stick. I must have dropped my mantra. And I'm not going to give you a mantra. I can't tell you what it should be. I know there are places like Transcendental Meditation, and they say, yo, give us $7,000, and we will give you your own unique mantra, but you can't tell anyone what it is. That's not what, I'm, that's not what my teacher said, and that's not what I'm here to tell you. And I, but I can tell you that if, for example, I was... I mean, the point of the mantra is to ground us back to our ultimate truth, whatever that may be. And so first and foremost, we have to figure out what that is. We need to know, I was speaking with someone the other day, it's kind of like programming your home button in your GPS. So it doesn't matter where you go on the road, doesn't matter where you end up, at any point where you're lost, or you just click home and it goes recalculating and it just brings you right back to the path. So... We are all torn by sometimes multiple truths. We know two things that kind of vie for our attention in our heads, if that makes sense. And we're not sure how to get back to our grounding thought, our, our inner peace. So I can give you an example. If I was having a conversation with, let's say, a teenage girl, who on the one hand truly believes and was raised to believe that she is a child of God, that she is perfect, she is whole, she is complete, and one day someone is going to find her absolutely incredible and lovable and beautiful and irresistible. She knows this to be true. However, when she gets on Instagram, instead of thinking I'm beautiful, I'm whole, I'm perfect, and someone's going to find me irresistible, she's like, oh my God, I'm so fat, I'm so ugly, I'm so unattractive, and look at her and look at him. And the idea is to keep that grounding thought, whatever that may be, I'm a child of God, I'm whole, I'm perfect, I'm lovable. That's her bamboo stick. And anytime she starts thinking, oh my God, I'm so fat, or I'm so, all that that is, don't demonize that thought. It's, it's a reminder, hey, you dropped your stick. Pick it up again. Am I making sense? Okay. This is very strange for me to, to do this addressing without... So when we're done with the service, we're actually going to do a full-on... You involved, just as we are right now, uh, discussion, Q&A, the whole thing about different tools that I have been offered to... Because I, I, I took the monastic vows in 2008, but I wasn't born a monk. I have many years, as she said, of living in the corporate world and trying to chase happiness the old-fashioned way only to realize, wait a minute, that's not where this path goes. <laughs> I've never seen anyone take this path and end up happy. Why am I on this? 
And that's why I've committed my life to studying what people believe and why we believe what we do. And I'm not just talking about religion, I'm talking about anything from our opinions to prejudices, and not to demonize them, but to go, where did you pick this up? And more importantly, why are you still carrying it? And that's the kind of Marie Kondo that we need to do with our, <laughs> with our thoughts and opinions and beliefs and just clear space out. And does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't, send it out, if that makes sense. So the invitation, we, we, I, I was asked to come up with a talk title before coming here today which is challenging for me because I never know what's gonna come out of my mouth until it does. But we chose responsibility. And I like breaking that word down. Instead of responsibility, the responsibility, the ability to choose our response. We tend to not embrace that. We tend, well, I can't help the way I feel. Um, I think we can. Uh, I, I think we can do that because I was in a meditation exercise where we were all guided to think back to a very sad moment in our lives and to think back to who was with us and what we were wearing and the colors, the textures, the time, and go right back. And as we were guided through this meditation, you can see from the back of the room, everyone posture kind of slouched. People started tearing, started to crying, started feeling all those sadness feelings again. And then we were asked to think of the happiest time in our life. Maybe the day we got married, maybe the day we got divorced, whatever, you know, whatever happy memory comes up. And everyone's posture straightened up and they started smiling and giggling to themselves. The power behind that exercise for me was that we were in complete control of how we felt. We hadn't moved, but we just went from crying to laughing. We were in complete control of how, no one made us feel sad or happy we choose how to respond to the world around us. Who am I in relation to that? What kind of elephant do I want to be? And I truly believe that when we stop blaming other people for what is our responsibility, we can show up in the world as a calm, graceful elephant and meet people where they are, if that makes sense without breaking things, without knocking things over, without blaming the, the guy selling fish at the market for being so smelly or the lady selling flowers for being so pretty or just allowing all of those colors and textures and sounds to coexist and just ask, who am I in relation to that? Rather than letting other people's mood affect our manners or any of those external circumstances. And I was criticized that Oh, all this talk about inner peace, that's so selfish because you're just working on yourself. Yes, but I'm a part of a community and I can be one more peaceful person in the world. I gave a talk once and I brought printouts of all these people's headshots and faces and they're all like screaming and yelling and, and I just flipped through these pictures of really angry faces. And I asked people like, do you know who, who the what these pictures are of. These are pictures of peace activists. <laughs> I think we tend to get so wrapped up in being right that we forget to be kind. 
but that's just a bamboo stick. You need to just, I'm going to be kind. If that's your mantra, then it doesn't matter what other people are doing. How can I respond? Well, I'm a kind person, so I'm going to re respond kindly. An angry person will respond angrily, and so on. So if you want to stick around after, we're going to talk about the difference between feelings and emotions. We're going to talk about how, how is what you're saying not victim blaming, because I'm not victim blaming. I'm empowering us to take responsibility for our feelings rather than tell some. The problem with telling someone, you make me feel, is you're giving them all of your power. And you're saying, poor me, I'm a victim. I can't help the way I feel. You make me happy, you make me sad, you make me angry, you, you have all the power, I'm a victim. But saying, I choose how I feel, takes that power back. And then you can say something really offensive to me, and I can choose not to be offended. And I think that's really powerful. So I hope you stick around um, after the service, and we're gonna dive in. Yeah, thank you.